AOD on the mic is brought to you by Army of Dreamers. In this podcast, we highlight artists, entrepreneurs, and creatives in pursuit of their dreams. We understand that the dream is the vehicle and the drive is what gets you there. So we motivate that drive and we fuel those dreams by telling your stories. Make sure you head over to thearmyofdreamers.com and check out exclusive merch, previous podcasts, and announcements on up and coming events. We are not sponsored. And if you are interested in sponsoring this podcast, make sure you hit us up at aodmediagroup at gmail.com. Happy listening, guys. What up, y'all? This is Shonda with Army of Dreamers, and today I have a special guest with me. I'm going to allow him to introduce himself. Yo, yo, what's going on? I'm Corey Cambridge. How are you? Corey Cambridge. What's up, Shonda? How are you? <laughs> Good. How are you? I'm fantastic. First of all, I'm very honored to be here right now. Uh, thank you so much for coming and hitting me up on uh, on the DM. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate IG. it. Yeah, so the reason why I hit you up is because I've been following the Silent Giant podcast for a while now. Oh, like, thank you. I don't know when you start. When did you start Silent Giants? Uh, Shonda, I, I started that in, um, uh, man, what was this? I, I guess November of mm-hmm. two, 2016. Okay. Um, wow. And it wasn't even really my, I, the idea was my idea, but me doing a podcast was not my idea. And yeah. uh, just went with it. It felt really natural. It felt really natural and really fun. Anything, anything that's rooted in in uh, in positive energy mm-hmm. and that flows, I just kind of stick with it, and I'm yeah. stuck with it for this long. So yeah, you're doing a great job. Thank you. I'm excited to hear about the or to listen more to the OPP podcast, which is other people's podcasts as well. Yeah. Um, with Silent Giants, you interview people who are prominent in many different fields, but are behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And then OPP, you're interviewing people who have their own podcast. So you're very connected in a very organic way. That's really, you know, the low key part of podcasting. Podcasting is low key. And then the people you interview on Silent Giants is very people who are more low key than the people they are related to yeah, in the industry. I, I did a um like a uh, a Skype lecture at Berkeley School of mm-hmm. Music last week. Look at you. It was cool, man. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they only knew I dropped out of school. <laughs> like if they only knew. Oh but, my gosh. He's going to uh, love that. Yeah. I, I I have we can go into that in the interview as well. I have a totally different view on college and education yeah. in America, but um I spoke to them about when you get into the world of podcasting, mm-hmm. whatever you speak about, be an expert on. Yes. And guess what? You're going to you're going to ultimately be thrust into that position of being an expert. Yes. Um, <laughs> so pick that topic really wisely because mm-hmm. um, you're branding yourself for for really life. But that's the goal. Yeah. Um, and so luckily with, you know, Silent Giants, it's a natural interest of mine because I'm an artist first. Yeah. And I still view myself as an artist first. Yeah. People now probably know me more prominently as a podcaster. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but I think my background in music has helped me understand uh, how to communicate with an artist. Yes. Um, I agree. Because you seem like you do your research in your interviews. It's funny. I don't go in with any notes. <laughs> I, I don't do notes. Like, But you already know, though, like the people who you're talking a good amount. Do you actually look them up before the interview as oh. far as like to get more information, talking points? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll my whole thing is uh, I interviewed DJ Clark Kent. Yeah, I saw that. Or and, I heard that one. And he was spe- speaking of I really related to him. And 
uh, his interview because he said that everything he does goes back to him being a DJ. Yeah. And that everything I, for me, everything that I do goes back to me being a rapper. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, it's about not necessarily the work of the person because you're already, your work's already famous. Right. So I'm, I can ask you general questions about your work and that's what most interviews would deal on. Exactly. When we were talking earlier and I said that awkward interview situation, that's yes. what I felt. I was like, I don't need to know the, I don't need the notes format, but. Right. Like I don't need to know yeah. the, like, I, I know that most people are going to go with the questions about your work and mm-hmm. da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. But I want to connect with that person on a human level. Yeah. And mm-hmm. make it more about you as a human and how you as a human has influenced your work. Right. And that's more of my style of interviewing is right. connecting to the person, who your parents are, where are you from? Like what inspired you yeah, to get Yeah, you asked them a lot about their parents. And you said it's because you you can, you identify the fact that um, people are very connected to what their parents were connected to. Right. We're not, we're not different. Yeah. We're not special. <laughs> we like to think of ourselves as being these special mm-hmm. people, but we're just a product of two things. It's really our parents and our geography. So it, and our parents' decisions. <laughs> exactly. I mean, which is our parents. Yeah. I, I was talking to a friend the other day and I was like, yo, you know what? We never make it in life. We're never a failure because if we have kids, our kids are automatically given yep. a humongous leg up based on where we live. Yep. So, like, who our friends are, our friends are going to have kids, and they're going to be kids. And whatever our kids want to get into, New York kind of provides that environment. Yeah. And so, for that alone, we're not. So you're 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 here. You're not going anywhere. You love you want to be in New York for. I I love New York, (laughs) um, but I'm also open. I'm also very nimble to the possibility Mm -hmm. of what another place can offer. But right now, for doing this interview, like here, like Mm -hmm. it's, it's convenient for it is yeah to be here. Yeah. Um, and if I moved, I couldn't move it to bum. Fuck. Can I curse? <laughs> yeah, you're oh. fine. Um, you know, just want to no, disrespect the platform. Um, but no, um, you know, New York doesn't provide a certain amount of access. And it's sometimes not even just professional. Like mm-hmm. you just want to be surround yourself with people who are aspiring for the best and yeah. want to reach. And New York provides that. So it whether definitely it's, does. I have a friend who's an attorney or works in finance. Mm-hmm. That's cool. But they're working to be the best. At- I love the finance world. I work in yeah. finance. So oh, like, what do you do? Yeah. So I'm, I work for investment consultants. Okay. I started out as the office manager. Now I'm, um, not the head of marketing, but a part of the marketing team. Yeah, but amazing. being in Ohio, that's a very good place to be because it, for my job, I get paid really well. I won't like disclose my salary, but I'm 26. So yeah. I'm like, I'll stay in this area and continue to grow because I went to school for marketing and I got my bachelor's. Okay. So it it shocked me that I actually got a chance to work for a company that was a startup company. I never knew finance. Like I never studied it, okay. but I always was interested in money. I worked since I was 11 and then I always constantly kept a job leading up to college, worked three jobs in college and then moved to Columbus and was like, I'm only working one job. Okay. And in college I worked at Chick-fil-A and then I was like, you know, I don't want to work there anymore when I move, but I ended up working at Chick-fil-A first when I moved to Columbus just to get my feet wet and be able to pay my bills. And then I worked at a juice bar. From the juice bar, I applied to a few places, and the um, the financial firm called me back. Okay. Started out as the office manager, and they just, they're really organic, very, you know, open-minded people, and they're very driven because they do have a startup. And I just slowly climbed the ladder, and hopefully it can continue to grow. I don't know. You know, that, that's not even slow. You're 26. I know. That's not even slow. 
But for me, it's yeah. like. Because I mean, when you're going through it. Yeah. Like when you're going through life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everything feels slow. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? But it's really happening really quickly. Yeah. You know, we unfortunately, uh, but fortunately, in the era that we live in, you know, things can happen really quickly as far as the internet. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I interview people, I, I learn that a lot of their success came later. Mm-hmm. Like Bruce Wadeen. For sure, for th- sure. He didn't record Thriller till he was in his 50s. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Quincy was in his late 40s, 50 years old. So, you know, a lot of times... Success comes so late. It does. You know, and especially, you know, being African-American, being black, you mm-hmm. know, like uh, sometimes we're so used to seeing success happen so quickly. Yeah. Because we grew up as black people expecting to, you know, die at 25 years old. Ooh. You know what I mean? <laughs> like <laughs> Not like even because- that. The ex- life expectancy really for black men in America, the average black man is like 53. Right, and and that's <laughs> wait, and that's just because you're living mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're living. Right, right. That's true. That also means the expectancy of you know. Yeah, that's much shorter when you think of it on that. Aspect. Well, the, the expectancy of the expectancy of us going to jail. Mm-hmm. You know, the other factors in life that can cut yeah. our life short. Even though you're living, your life can be cut short. Yeah, for sure. You know, so Ooh. <laughs> it, it's it's also, that's like a central conversation that I have with a lot of people because my father he had a stroke in 2016. Yeah, and he was 52. And so he was the healthy parent in my eyes. I was like, there's no way this is going on because I always was worried about my mom just on the aspect of normal things. My mom's still very healthy, but she smoked, you know, she drank more. My dad was more so of the um, light drinker, didn't smoke. And when it happened, I was so shocked. But then you you put those other factors in there where it's like, okay, he works X amount of hours he has this amount of children that he's supporting it's like that stress level is so crazy and you don't realize that it really impacts black men and even if you look at the numbers with white men versus white women yeah it impacts them as well just that workload stress but for black males or for you know black people in general it's higher yeah well look you know for you know for me personally if i work really hard because i know there is no plan b right you know what i mean like mm-hmm. there is no safety net for me yeah uh, and so that does cause a certain level of stress and mm-hmm. you try to balance it out but you know what like it's not about my life's not about me and i realized like uh, through interviewing and mm-hmm. in my career as a rapper and now that i'm interviewing folks primarily you learn from interviewing people that your life's not about you. Right. If I died at 52, I'm cool with it mm-hmm. because my life was never about me. Mm-hmm. My life was about making a better that life impact. for my, right. mm-hmm. for my kids, if I have kids, mm-hmm. for my wife, you know, if mm-hmm. I get married, or for my mother to make sure she's in a better position in life. You know what I mean? Like That's what my life is for. And if I just happen to end a little bit early, that's cool. Yeah. I achieved more <laughs> in the 52 years. I achieved my goal. Yeah. If, if I died at 52, mm-hmm. then whatever. So your pop's life, he achieved a lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's still achieving. He's working on walking now. Yes. So we're in a good place. And I think that I also resonate with the fact of not like for a long time, my life was about me as a teen. My life was about me, obviously. Most teens it is. But um, as I got older and I started developing more sense of compassion, compassion is like my big word, like my life word, because I feel like whenever you have compassion, you can always 
forgive you can always identify and you can you it helps you not judge people right and so that's really how i live my life through compassion and what i have a passion for is podcasting because it allows you to hear other people's stories and by hearing other people's stories you understand where they come from and for me since i'm not a judgmental person it's it's always just something that i can soak in and it just teaches me lessons as well I learn more lessons through talking about other people's lessons or other people's journeys. And every podcast is not necessarily heavy, but just getting that different energy from that different energy from each person I interview totally. is amazing. Totally. 100%. I'm with yeah. you on that. I mean, <laughs> you know, podcasting to me has been kind of the, um, I don't know, just a, a remarkable experience that I did not expect at all. <laughs> and, you get into a vein of like, you know, it's like, it's never about the numbers to me. I never check my numbers. I never yeah, care. I never check numbers, them out. I checked them out in the beginning and I was like, they don't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter because that's nothing can take my joy. Right. I won't let anything take my joy. Mm-hmm. And I love like meeting new people. Like we wouldn't have connected if yeah. not for podcasting. Yeah. You know what I mean? We wouldn't have a <laughs> conversation. Um, and that's a blessing in itself. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is your first time in New York City. First time. Podcasting's brought you to New York City. Yes. You know, and so like that to me, is, it was both of our first time. Yeah. So, you know, like, have you enjoyed New York? We just got here today. So you flew in. We drove in. You drove in. See, so this is why we drove. We okay. were our original thought was to fly. Okay. But the issue was he he works for the news station. OK. And he's in Dayton. I'm in Columbus. All right. So the news, since he's a videographer for them, they can only have two videographers take off at once. That's the first thing. So. Well, let me rewind. They can't take off in November at all. So when I hit you up about November, that was like, that worked better for me, like just for like what I had going on calendar wise. And I was like, okay, November will give us time to recoup because we did a couple events. He couldn't take off November. They just can't in the news. It's a sweep. So November to January, you can't take off. Okay. So then he was going to request off today and they weren't going to give it to him off because there were, there were already two videographers who requested off okay so i told him i'm like stick to your guns don't let them (laughs) like i told him like you have to tell them you have something to do like there's no way they can tell you you can't call off from november to january and they won't give you any date the date that you need in october off okay so his boss told him to think about it and he gave it to him off so we were like well at this point waiting for your boss now we have to drive we could spend the money on a plane ticket but us we are also very feasible people like we just oh, but also it. too a nice car ride is a nice car ride. it was great yeah 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 good well, weather i appreciate that a lot more <laughs> after living in new york city yeah where like i'm always underground yeah so it's nice to just get into a car and just cruise listen to music and yep. talk and vibe out especially with podcasting now like, yeah you can do what are you listening to podcast wise <sighs> so Definitely Silent Giants. Oh, thank you. Uh, you know. <laughs> um, also, there's this one that my friend got me hooked on, Up and Vanished. I listened to the first season. It was about a girl who vanished, and I forget where it was. Okay. But he basically was literally investigating this real time and okay. covering it on the podcast. And people were calling in. And you know, like how you can leave a voicemail? They were calling in and asking questions. It was like a really very involved investigatory podcast, but it was from a cold case. So he reopened the cold case. And okay. they, they ended up finding out who killed the girl. So up what's, and what's vanished. What's it called again? Up, up and vanished. Up and vanished. Yep. Who, you know who the host is? Uh, yes, I do. What's it, his name? Is it New York based? Or? Payne. Payne. His first name is Payne. Okay. But okay. 
It's P-A-Y-N-E. And if you look it up, you'll find them. Okay. I'll be the Vantage um, Pan. Yes. Um, another one is Pod Save the People. I, uh, I suck because I don't know a lot of the names like you, off the top of my head. That today? I saw something. Yeah, a couple of days ago I did. Yes, I, I saw that. I saw that. Yep. Pod Save the People and that one. Let me see because I really they're think They're also it's on important. a big uh, network. They're yeah, w- he's amazing. So his name is D-Ray. Crooked Media. Was it on Crooked Media? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it okay. was. So okay. this is D-Ray and um, he's really amazing because a, a young educated black man that has a very, very good insight on politics. And the way I found it was I was at my desk at work. Wait, D. Ray Davis? No. (laughs) It's not D. Ray Davis. But you know D. Ray Davis? Yes. Okay, all right. (laughs) D. Ray be all up. D. Ray Davis is always in Ohio. Really? (laughs) Yeah. He he used to talk to. No, I don't think so. But a girl that I knew in high school, they were talking for a little bit, and I used to see him all over her Instagram. But he's he's not from there. Um, And then Black Man with a Gun. I love that one. It's another guy that's more so. political but he owns firearms and he talks a lot about the owning of firearms um from the black uh, man's perspective yeah from the black man's perspective okay and let me see here my brother has a podcast it's called um the link podcast l-i-n-k podcast but i listen to him too um and then this last one um black guy who tips with rod and karen have you listened to that no you need to listen to that one it's hilarious what was that about so, well, first of all, most of the podcasts I listen to are black podcasts. Like, I really do love any type of podcast, but those are the ones that, like, I find because of people I follow or I just look up. If I'm looking up politics, I want to hear it from the black perspective. Okay. So, um, I love podcasting. I listen to a whole bunch, but those are the ones I listen to all the time. Okay. And Rod and Karen, uh, the black guy who tips, he, it's a husband and wife. But he's more of the leader of the podcast, but she's like his right hand man. And okay. they talk about a lot of pop culture. They talk about a lot of regular um, everyday title, things. Black Man Who Tips. <laughs> yeah. That's and that's kind of what the theme of the podcast is. They just kind of debunk what people think of black people. And they have like different segments where they literally are making fun of the things that people say about black people. But um, one thing that I, I just listened to their latest, and it rubbed me a little bit the wrong way, only because... They were discussing the Kanye West situation. With Trump? <laughs> yes. And okay. it was just, to me, I mean, I didn't think There's so many was, situations you have to specify yeah. which situation. Look at Trump. Yeah, okay. so I didn't think it was um, wrong. Like, I didn't think his perspective was wrong. You can never say somebody's perspective is wrong. But the way he explained it was, to me, dumbing it down or watering it down. When I when I watched it, I was a little bit, you know, I was, I, I was upset. The, C- the CNN interview in particular, right? Yes. Okay. In the... What the Oval Office? Yeah. So, what did you think about that? A brief. You don't okay. have to get too deep. No, no, no. I get deep. <laughs> I get deep. I love to talk. So it's okay. Uh, we, we do this for a living. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I want to always say Kanye for me is the most inspirational person, and there's not one pop culture figure who has impacted my life the way more Kanye than Kanye has. has. Um. And I've never really had anything negative to say mm-hmm. ever, even with the Taylor Swift situation mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Um, and in this situation, there were so many truths that he was saying in his interview mm-hmm. that I that I agreed with. Um, Give me an example of one. Education. <laughs> yeah. Education. The way that we are taught. I agree. That uh, one I was I was with him on for sure. Yeah, and I mean, look, you know, my my girlfriend's white, right? Mm-hmm. And so learning being in an interracial relationship has also taught me a lot 
Uh, I've always had a very diverse group of friends mm -hmm. and same, um, you know, been very split in who I hang out with in a very diverse crowd. Mm -hmm. But it's not until you sleep next to somebody who's white <laughs> and you get to, you get a better perspective of yeah. really how they think and really how their life is. Um, especially with the person you're dating is a good person, mm -hmm. right? You're not dating an, yeah. an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, but from those from those conversations, you realize there's a, there's a disconnect between people. Mm -hmm. And I, I see what Kanye is trying to do. Um, and as far as with Trump, the only thing that really rubbed me the wrong way was he didn't seem strong. That's what I'm saying. And like, I love you, man. And like, da, da, da. like you know, <laughs> I, I, uh, that part didn't rub me the rub me the wrong way but i did appreciate what he was saying about education i did mm -hmm. appreciate um uh a lot of the messages that he was trying to send out but this is the thing about kanye that i think people need to recognize is that kanye does suffer from mental illness yeah and it's clear you know what i mean but like that's the problem is like where is his you know but but i know that his heart is in the right place because mm -hmm. you know what everything he's done he's been right mm-hmm and and that's the, that's the thing like when a, a person's track record is 100% right mm -hmm. like just because a person i don't have to love you mm -hmm. because of uh you love me the way i want to be loved i love yeah. you because you're right yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and even though his message the way he goes about his message may be abrasive mm -hmm. sometimes it needs to be abrasive yeah. and sometimes it could be it needs to be abrasive towards our own people mm -hmm. you know what i mean like yeah. we, we we can't be scared to be <laughs> um uh we can be woke too. Yeah. A lot of what he was saying. <laughs> He's back and forth woke to me. Like I, I do agree that he was right about the education perspective. Yeah. And I think that, I think that his intention, like I see Kanye, like I said, I'm a, a, a person who acknowledges um, what people are going through Yeah. and I work through compassion. But with him, I was so, what what made me mad was the strength thing, but not only that, it came off very, it was the two polar opposites. So it was Trump and Kanye. And the way Trump was in that interview and the way Kanye was, was, was what bothered me. So to me, Trump was very fake, very phony, which, which he could be, but it's, um, it's the way he was receiving with what Kanye was saying and what Kanye was saying to him. Kanye could have been just milking the cow, to be honest. He could have just been sitting there like saying things the way he was saying it to do the same thing Trump was doing, which was just appeasing the other side. Yeah. But it came off very weak and it made me feel sad for him because then I thought about the men mental illness situation. And I don't think that Kanye is helpless, but I think that he is very sporadic. And I think he does a lot of things without thinking. And I think that if he had a strong back backbone and not just talking about Kim K, but just his support system in general, yeah. a lot of that wouldn't go as far. And then what bothered me about the interview was Trump was saying how he had so many interviews with important senators lined up, but he pushed those to the side to meet with Kanye. Yeah, but Kanye is more important than those senators. <laughs> I mean, Kanye is Senator Culture. But we are like. A <laughs> I mean, he's Senator Culture. It's just like, that was bad Governor for our culture. country. It's like, what? Right, but Kanye is. And that didn't make me mad at Kanye. They made me mad at Trump. Yeah, but I Kanye felt, does demand that. Yeah. Like, Kanye affects the way what we're wearing right now. Mm. Like, Kanye is like, if, if, <laughs> if you have. If, look, 
if Elvis Presley is the king of rock and roll, mm-hmm. if James Brown's the godfather of soul, mm-hmm. if Michael Jackson's the king of pop, mm-hmm. Kanye West is the king of influence. He's the king. Know. He's the king of influence. If think about who he dates, who he's married to, his mm-hmm. wife is the most influential. I, I agree with that. Woman with her, and he may be actually because I think a lot of times what we struggle with as the black community is understanding that things go beyond us, which we should understand that, right? Because that's how it's been. Like you know, we've had to go after ours and claim what is ours, but at the same time. I think we are more furious with someone who is black or who is of our culture, who we have looked up to, because we're not necessarily worried about the influence or the impact on races or cultures outside of ours when it comes to somebody we've held with such esteem and we cared about so much. Yeah. I actually do still care for Kanye, but I'm kind of like, I'm kind of put off by him. Yeah, but you know what? Sometimes... Uh, he's done too much good for me to ever turn my back turn on him. Back, right. Like he's done so much good as far as think of the narrative of black men and black music before Kanye. Ooh, early, man, I'm telling you. Like the narrative. Early Kanye, man, I swear to you. I can never turn my back on that. I no, can never. No, and and guess what? Like, you know, I, I, and history repeats itself. Like you look at, when you get to a certain stature mm-hmm. of success, it's unfortunate because as an African-American, I don't represent Corey, mm-hmm. right? If I walk into a bar and I have like five drinks, six drinks, I'm feeling <laughs> sauced up and I curse somebody out. Yeah. I'm an angry black man at the mm-hmm. bar, right? If a white man does it, it's John. Yeah. And John's out of control. That's true. Right? And so I represent <laughs> so much more. And so it's an unfortunate thing because of American society that we represent so much so much more than just ourselves. Yeah. And for Kanye, Kanye's got to you have to understand you got to look at life through another man's perspective. Mm-hmm. Like a woman's perspective. Mm-hmm. He is reached a level of success that very few black people have achieved mm-hmm. where he is Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> He's not black man rapper yeah he's kanye Mm -hmm. and i try to give him the benefit of the doubt that dude allow you to just be kanye Mm -hmm. because for the rest have your wild out moment well because for the rest of america (laughs) they have the luxury of just being trump yeah (laughs) see but that's i don't know and i guess that's why i'm different in that aspect is like which i'm sure a lot of people are but I want people to hold Trump accountable too. Like right. I'm, I'm getting fed but, up with. But we've never seen the perspective oh. of being at the pinnacle. Yeah, yeah. The top. Yeah. And so we want to, we want people to, to go about life the way that we go about life. Mm-hmm. But that's not how it is. When you've achieved so much success, mm-hmm. you know, imagine being able to say, you know what, like, yo, I'm going to be the dope. First of all, you start off as an artist. And being an artist is being shat on. <laughs> Your entire existence as an artist is people telling you. I'm that laughing you can't because that's so it. true. <laughs> and so when you finally break through. An artist, an entrepreneur, you yes. know, across the board. Yes. And even the thing is, too, being an artist is even more heartfelt because when you write a song, that's a part of your emotion. That's like mm-hmm. a child. 
every mm-hmm. song you write to child. So imagine someone telling you your child's ugly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, that fucks with you. Mm-hmm. So for you to break through that barrier mm-hmm. of like, whoa, people like my producing skills. Mm-hmm. Shit, Jay likes it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Beanie Siegel <laughs> likes it. Yo, I'm on Rockefeller. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then you get, then you break that wall. Then you yeah. get to another wall. Like, Yo, you only like a rap? Are you serious? And then yeah. you rock, you're walking around with pink polos <laughs> in an era of hip hop that was yeah. born for you to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you break through that barrier. But then the audacity to say, you know what? I'm going to get into fashion. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch industries. Mm-hmm. And not switch industries like... It's hard for any person. If you're working in finance right now, mm-hmm. for you to work in advertising, it's really mm-hmm. difficult. Mm-hmm. Imagine doing that on a higher level. Yeah. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I steer away from advertising. <laughs> yeah, but, just, but just to switch industries in general for the average person, mm-hmm. let alone being a black man, yeah. let alone coming from the world of hip hop and saying, mm-hmm. you know, I want to operate in the world of high fashion. Mm-hmm. Then to get into that industry and dominate it. Mm-hmm. Like, truly, he's doing Jordan numbers, if not better than Jordan numbers. I think the when you get that that window in and then when you take that step through that door, I think any, I ain't going to say, I'm not going to say any, but I think the influence that black culture has in America in general, if you get that chance, you're going to dominate because it's just so influential. Right, but that, that chance is so limited. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so, so it's, it's about getting to that. Point. Right. And we as, uh, unfortunately, as a community, a lot of us haven't reached that level where Kanye is the only person to reach that level in high fashion. And that's that's and, commendable. Right. And so we want him to do what we want him to do. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand that we have never been in that position and it's uncharted territory. Mm-hmm. It's uncharted. I was about to say the level of pressure is something that I couldn't <sighs> imagine. Come on, like so you know you can't, and you know I learned that also from Silent Giants, and you know getting to be around having a closer, you know perspective to entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know you, you you really understand these people are just people. Yeah, <laughs> these are these are we we, we build them up like superheroes, mm-hmm. but we tear them down like traitors at the same time. And these are just people. Yeah, you know. So with Ye, as far as the Trump situation, I I don't agree with it. But I can understand. Yeah. I I like that. I like that. I was very disappointed, but I definitely can understand. And talking to you, I can understand it a little bit better now. Like I said, I I was so furious with that that I wasn't even looking at it from that perspective. But I can take a step back and realize that there's a lot that he has on his plate. I mean, that's something that we have to also give. um, We have to give. Because, look, all of our black leaders have died, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And there's a reason why yeah. Whitney Houston died of drugs and Prince died of drugs and yeah. Michael Jackson died of drugs. Like, mm-hmm. there's a reason why. Mm-hmm. It's because you're you're carrying the burden of a race. Mm-hmm. You have to be perfect. But it's so, I mean, it's that's such a twisted, tangled web because a lot of the things that we face as black people as a culture, as a group of people, um, is not really put on us by us. So it's up to us to figure it out. But a lot of the structures and the systems we deal with were not put here by us. But it's like what exists. Right. Right. I, I, I mean, we're, we're just not in a position to judge these people. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of people in these positions. Yeah. And there's a <laughs> lot of pressure. And there's a reason why these people get on drugs. Why are, are 
superheroes, mm-hmm. you know, our role models mm-hmm. get hooked on substances, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And they go through crazy things it's just because that's a lot of pressure. And that's like, it's not a pressure just th- thinking about feeding your own family, mm-hmm. let alone feeding other people's families, having a payroll. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like not walking out, walking out your door and not having uh, a camera in your face. Yeah. You know, not having the pressure of being perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's a lot to deal with. And so I always try to give those folks the benefit of the doubt and, and a lot of credit. Yeah. I agree. So I'll work on giving Kanye a little bit more credit. <laughs> yeah. I, but, not I saying, think, but not saying that they, he's right. No, I agree. And I think that um, I think that a lot of the sadness comes, too, because when you do go through a lot and you struggle a lot publicly, a lot of those emotions and those, you know, when he acts out, quote unquote, um, a lot of that is things that could be talked through. And a lot of times you've seen him make efforts to talk about these things, but then he's turning around and he's doing something else. But that's, again, something he's struggling with publicly. So publicly. Yeah. (laughs) That everything that you are dealing with is public. Yeah. Like that's something. So I couldn't imagine that part because even being having a lot of friends or being social or working in a media industry where I'm pushing a podcast and I'm talking to people and people are reaching out and people are expecting things from you. It's not easy. Yeah. So I can get it on the smaller scale of what he's going through and magnify it by thousands. <laughs> sure. And I mean, look, you know, imagine that when people call you, they need something. That's because, the worst feeling. It's but, feeling like people are expecting something from you. Because you are a cash cow. Mm-hmm. And that everyone wants to make money off of you and money with you. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that water, uh, that water is down your relationships. Like, so now you don't have friends who were your homies from way back who knew you when you were 13 years old. Now the people you're hanging with. And it's hard to find people who match your energy. Those people. The people who match your energy are the people who aren't expecting anything from you, who are carrying their own something, like bringing something to the table. Sure, totally. Totally. Uh, you know, I have a lot of sympathy for for creatives. And mm-hmm. I have a lot of sympathy for, you know, um, you know, having your life be on the chopping block every every minute. Yeah. You know, whether you're a politician, whether you're a musical artist, whatever you do this in the public eye, you know, you're going to be ridiculed publicly. Mm-hmm. And you are the Sue and Sally and Tom's uh, um, conversation piece around dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what your life is. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just, I love Ye. I love what he's done for the culture. I love what he represents. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's going to make mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I guess it's about, um, I think society is changing. Like, I think we are becoming more inclusive while there's a lot of uh, resistance towards inclusivity. Yeah. And that's a really funny, weird place that we're in as well. Because, like, for me, I am I do come from a mixed-race family as well. I love everybody, but... How is that, going from a mixed-race family? It's weird. It's, th- it's one of those things, like, so you never really know color still like everybody else you never really know color when you're young or you know everybody has that moment when they realize oh like this is what i am is your mother white father black so my mother's mixed so my dad's mixed but his is more down the line so my dad is black my mom is mixed um 
she's white and black. So my okay. grandma's Russian. Her dad was black. She okay. never knew her dad. Okay. Um, but I never, it was funny because when I grew up, like my, so my immediate family, my siblings, my cousins were all black, just different shades of brown, whatever. Um, my grandmother was white and then our aunts were white on that side of the family. But, and my great grandmother was white and it, it all just felt like family. And then getting into elementary school, probably fifth grade, fourth, fifth grade was when I first had that experience of light skin versus dark skin yeah. and then black versus white. <laughs> like I remember a student, um, I won't say his name cause he's probably grown since then. And it was probably a mistake, but a student back then he had got into a, a white student, got into it with a black student. And he was like, Oh, at least my ancestors weren't, mm, you know? And so I just don't like that word in general. It's not that I'm bleeping it out for yeah. the listeners, but, um, so that experience for me was like, that was one of my best friends. We had, our last names were close. So we stood in line next to each other, <laughs> you know, how it used to be elementary school. So I, that was my first experience of race. And then it only continued to have these small brushes with it growing up. But I still felt, you know, I still felt love for everybody. It never made me jaded or mad in that aspect. So I guess I don't know what keeps people from being jaded towards it. I know people on both sides. I know people who are just super fed up with any anybody who's not black. And I know people who are still very open to it. And I think... Um, I think it's just, a, it's, like I said, it's a weird space because you have so much, I think with the heightened um, coverage of politics and things around it, you see so much hatred on TV and everything. Well, well I, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like you're privileged. Like, in, in terms of, um, you know, as far as my experience, like I'm mm-hmm. definitely a black man. Mm-hmm. But in my experience, I would say, my experience is being an interracial man yeah. as far as what I've experienced <laughs> as far as my background. You know what I mean? See, and for me, I don't feel like I, ex- I don't feel like my experience and I'm, I'm saying this as somebody who is speaking from my experience, but I don't feel like my experience was that of an interracial child only because my main interaction with my white side of the family was my grandma, but like the rest of the family, my great grandmother passed when I was really young, which was an amazing relationship, but the rest of our family never really was close and we weren't really accepted by that part. Um, And then growing up in school and hanging out, like just my life experience, I've always identified as black. And the way that I look at, um, I was having a conversation with a friend yesterday and we were talking about, uh, privilege mm-hmm. and then we're operating if you talk to every person every person views themselves as a you tell them the, the story of their life there's always going to be an element of victim mm-hmm. they never start from god yeah. damn i'm privileged <laughs> as shit and if yeah. you operate your life from the element of privilege like when i see someone who's of biracial descent i go damn yo you're very privileged mm-hmm. now if you would ask a biracial person nine times out of ten your experience felt it was challenging because mm-hmm. of this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. But there are so many more privileges. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like when I write a song, because of my experience growing up, where that's true. Like <laughs> I know when I write a certain lyric, mm-hmm. that was meant to get this type of person excited. Mm-hmm. You know, when I name the song this title, mm-hmm. it's I know ah, this would drive someone to think this way or drive this type of person or strike this type of emotion. Mm -hmm. The fact that you're able to 
understand the black world, mm -hmm. you know, which is a gift. That's mm -hmm. a talent. That is a blessing mm -hmm. to be able to step into the black community, understand it. Mm -hmm. It's history. It's important. It's, it's cultural relevancy. Mm -hmm. But then to also step into the white world and know, ah, I see what makes them tick. I, I see what drives them. I see mm -hmm. I'm, I'm to pick up on that energy as well. Mm -hmm. um, see, I guess that's the disconnect for me that I always felt growing up, which I'm not feeling it as much now because I work around people of all different races and multicultural people. And so I get to get to know people in an adult sense like but growing up I never felt like I knew what white was or the people who I was around I knew that you know white people had privilege like but I didn't know that my like so my the white people in my family I didn't know like I really don't even know their history but also, <laughs> but if us were in a room right now and we were playing music mm -hmm. no one's going to ask about the data no one's going to ask <laughs> what, how, how old is this artist. We yeah. go, whoo, this shit's hot as fuck, son. <laughs> like, oh, that shit's whack as fuck. Who gives a shit? <laughs> da, da, da. You know what I mean? But if you had to have that same meeting, the boardroom of white executives, you have to go, okay, so they turn off the song in 35 seconds. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, this, this song was played heavily in the South, but it wasn't played in the, nor in the Northwest. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there was an organic audience in New York City from the age of 15 to 20. They don't they be, they don't come from the element of culture. Yeah. And cool. Yeah. And we dictate that it's cool. But that's an mm -hmm. element of privilege. Yeah. It is. That's, that's true. That's privilege. <laughs> and so we can we can be selective. Uh, we can play the role sometimes of victim. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the big pie chart, mm -hmm. like, man, we're really fortunate. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm six three. What a privilege. <laughs> I don't walk through the streets at all and feel like anybody could fuck me up. Like, what an element of privilege. Yeah. <laughs> like that alone would i rather be you know white and white could be easier but shit being six three is easier too yeah i <laughs> guess it's just it's so many different levels to it like there's definitely yeah. a level of privilege with anyone even like being male versus female there's levels of privilege or we're being all female privileged. versus male we're yeah all so it's like there's a lot of different pr privileges we don't tap into enough privilege we don't wake up every day with enough privileged thoughts right of god damn i'm so like this the, the concept of health the concept of that i wake up every day in decent health yeah the but when you that's the thing that's why there's levels because even when i was speaking to nate and everybody knows who nate is but nate is my boyfriend and also my videographer <laughs> but um speaking to him he said like literally probably yesterday if not the day before and he was like you know we talk about what we're going through but there's third world third world countries who are going through way worse so then i asked myself is it really like that there's bad someone who didn't wake up today yeah there's someone who was nine years old who didn't wake up today yeah you know yeah. what i mean like we're so privileged and yeah. and i i refuse to operate in the space of ever being a victim right of ever being um understanding how the world works mm -hmm. i understand there's privileged in certain ways but mm -hmm. i also understand that i'm privileged in my way yeah and my way is uniquely different and i'm uh you know we're also when you wake up in guess, guess <laughs> what? when i walk into a bar mm -hmm. and let's say i'm the only black person in the bar mm -hmm. i used to go shit i'm the only black person i've in this joint mm -hmm. now I'll go damn i'm the tallest person in this joint <laughs> when you approach it with man i'm the tallest person you don't feel like you're the only. Like, oh, I'm the only black. That person. gives you a different level of power. Mm -hmm. 
I agree. You know and I, mean? I think the only the only thing I would say is like when it comes to that is for me understanding like you said understanding how the world works the blessing to me is not that i'm i can't i even though i do identify my privileges and i can identify them a lot more i'm sure um i can identify the fact that there's a lot of things that need to be fixed but it doesn't necessarily hold me down i do think that there's a lot of things in society wise with the healthcare system and many other things and just ge- geographically things that affect groups of people yeah that it it it's very disproportionate and it's, you know, it's, it's vast. It's a lot, it's a lot to cover, a lot to unravel. But the thing that keeps me going and that inspires me is understanding the, um, having optimism and being optimistic to change and being aware that I have truly pushed myself this, this far. Yeah. totally. So the ability to keep, to keep pushing yourself. Yeah. But, but not, but optimism is like a, uh, it needs to be aimed, mm-hmm. right? Like it needs yeah. to be aimed in a direction. <laughs> exactly. Like being optimistic. Like, yo, that's going to be good, but what's your plan to make life good? Yep. Mm-hmm. So it, there's a, you know, being optimistic is a great trait and a great quality, but it also requires a certain amount of like accuracy yep. in that optimism. Yep. It has to have a goal and like yep. a, uh, a mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I say something similar to what you said earlier, which was, you know, when you do a podcast on the topics you cover, making sure you understand those topics and you know them because you'll come off really um, unaware. For me, I always tell but people. That's, but that's okay. Yeah. And yeah. I'm I'm very, so with my interviews, I don't, as I did with you, I didn't send you questions or we didn't talk about a conversation beforehand. Yeah, I, I don't do that. <laughs> but um, so I tell people to always be a student. Never stop being a student to whatever it is because there's always more to know and more to learn. Yeah, you know, I, I, I give this analogy a lot on Talent Giants about the, the concept of dreams and uh, dreams are like a rocket ship. Mm-hmm. Everyone has the idea in their mind of how a rocket ship works and what mm-hmm. it does. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone has dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then what happens with dreams is that, uh, you know, you have... If 100 people have dreams, mm-hmm. 100 people have the concept of building a rocket ship. Mm-hmm. Now, if you told 100 people, hey, I want you to go out <laughs> and build a rocket ship, 75% of those people will go make it. 25% are just too lazy to even think about it. But as you go along and say, you know, those 75 people go make a rocket ship. But those, the 75 people that made that rocket ship, it blew up. Mm-hmm. Half of those people we'll go out and try again. Mm-hmm. And half of those people would do it again mm-hmm. and would do it again. And then when you're left, you know, the people who are the per- persevere, who make it mm-hmm. and they hit the atmosphere. Finally, mm-hmm. those are your Kanye's. Those are your Jay Z's, yeah. your Barack Obama's. Those are the people who that we speak of in our common vernacular. You yeah. know what I mean? In pop culture. Yeah. You said that in a podcast before. I'm, yeah. I don't remember what episode it was, but when you said that, I was like, that is exactly right. Yeah, so That's exactly like, right. You know, dreams are cool. <laughs> you know what I mean. But like, but it's like idea, the you have to have that persistence, the persistence to continue to like work at it and suck. <laughs> like just be cool with sucking. Like, yes. <laughs> like you have to be cool with the fact of like, yo, you know, I suck at this, and be honest with yourself. Like, you know, this isn't working. Mm-hmm. You know, like how do I make this work? And knowing that you have a good idea. But if having a good idea requires great, exe- great execution. Yeah. 
And that's a challenge in itself. You know, yeah. some people have the ability to have no vision, but they can put together a great team. Yeah. Some people can't put together a great team, but they have great vision. And Absolutely. When you can marry those two things, you have something very powerful. Yeah. That's what I'm working on currently. We all are. <laughs> I mean, we all are. That's why people hire and fire people. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like Facebook doesn't fire people. Mm-hmm. They're People are always trying to get better yeah. and solve problems, even when you're number one. Those things don't stop. Yeah. Um, True. So as far as your music goes, like, do you do, sh- are you currently doing shows? No, no, no. You know what? With the music, uh, I've kind of gone, like, backwards as far as how my music has gone, where New York is, number one, not a great music city right now, mm-hmm. um, but it's a great city for media. So I had to kind of adjust my plan of like you know what i like doing music and i I would do it on my own terms as Mm -hmm. far as like hey you know you know release a video on instagram every now and then or like do a freestyle or Mm -hmm. uh i write for other people which i love to do Mm -hmm. and that's great because it's almost like having a child would never take care of it yeah (laughs) like being an uncle like a musical uncle like oh i love you so much but like go back to your parents yeah because it's that person's job to market the song and push it it's not your hands off at, at that point and that's beautiful. Um, but I still love music, and that's the ultimate goal for me is to be able to be creative musically. Yeah. But I'm also cool with if it just remains something fun for me, that's cool, too. Yeah. Like, I'm in a happy place creatively. And I love doing the podcast thing, too. Like Absolutely. I'm also uh, very conscious of, you know, the blessing that is what I'm doing mo- at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't poo-poo on that moment. Like, yeah. I'm very grateful for you know, being here with you right now. And, yeah, you know, same. Thank you, you know. for taking the interview. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> I mean, I know, how, I know how it goes. You know, I, I remember going down for that Michael Jackson interview with Bruce yeah. Levine mm-hmm. and having to fly down to Florida. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't, I, I respect, like, your passion to travel. To travel <laughs> for what you want to do. Yeah. Like, so many people don't get off their couch. Yeah. And I literally didn't know I was going to come to New York when I hit you up. Like, so the thing was when I had shouted you out, I shouted out Silent Giants. From there, you had commented on it. And so I was like, that's dope. Like, just because people don't always do that. And then at the same time, they might like it, but they won't comment. And that can be the pettiest analyzation of that type of activity on Instagram. But I'm such a a people person that I believe in every interaction. Yeah, totally. And so that you went the extra mile to go ahead and comment. I was like, okay, I'm going to reach out. And I was like, I'm not expecting anything from it, but I really enjoy this podcast. I would love to interview this guy. Let me reach out. So when I reached out to you, I told him, I told Nate, I was like, he probably, I said, I'm going to give it about two to three days, but he probably won't get back. And you got back around that time frame. But even if you would have gotten back later, I still would have been as excited. It was just one of those things where I was like, you know, typically you know, a two, three day window of somebody who's, who's, who's commented on the page or whatever, they might just do that much. So that was where my mind was with it. But once you responded back, I let him know immediately. I was like, um, we got to figure out how to get to New York. We got to plan some time. Yeah. We want, and I'm sorry that it even took two days. The, the thing is uh, I'm, I'm having to manage like three different. I was going to say, who knows what it took? Cause yeah. I, I could be being dramatic in that aspect. Oh no, no, no. I mean, th- th- take, Managing three accounts is difficult. You have your personal page. Yeah. Because when OPP you did OPP, I was like, wow, he's managing three accounts. That's nuts. Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot right now. <laughs> so I try to get back, like, 
and be responsive as I possibly can. And, you know, it's a struggle, too, also with social media. Social media brings another full-time oh element. Yeah. Of, it's beautiful because you are able to, you know, we wouldn't have connected if not for social. Right. So, like, it's absolutely beautiful, but it's a job in itself to, you know, be strategic, to have something to post every single day. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult. It is. Sometimes I fall a little bit short. I try to post I'm trying to be day. like you. I'm I'm always falling short with yeah. the posts. <laughs> I I try to, uh, you know, but at the same time, you know, I, I'm very blessed to have. A, uh, I work with a guy named Mark Bird, who's like my engineer. I was gonna say, um, do you have a team? It's me and Mark. Uh, Mark has uh, we became cool because of Silent Giants, and he was like, "Yo, I okay. love your podcast." And at that time, my sound was really bad. If you go back to the first couple of episodes, <laughs> the sound is really same. I think that's terrible. like a trademark or like a stamp of like you know just being in the industry is that that growth in sound. Yes, it, it's it's a major challenge, and uh, you know, but also you know, don't be afraid to suck. Like <laughs> you know, you have to have fun with it. Like, yeah, because you know what, everything else will come with expectation, mm-hmm. and so. When there is no expectation, you can have fun with it. And yeah. The entire process should be fun. Yeah. Like, even when it's like, the sounds bad, like, you know what, you know what's great is being consistent. Yeah. You know, you can get so caught up in, in being, chasing perfection. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I started OPP, the mm-hmm. show was called Podversation. I have interviews that I had to edit out the name. Yeah. But there were people like, oh, Podversation, da, 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 da. But I didn't care about the name. Yeah. The concept. Yeah. You have to move quickly and everything else will take shape. Are you doing it? You know, that's why I do three to four interviews a week. Yeah. I book. My I was calendar. doing that. I got kind of burnt out. But I think like that's because I'm doing so much you have personal to, life. You, know, you <laughs> have to do three to four interviews a week. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you have to. Okay. And the reason why is because <laughs> it will enable you to number one, you can never have enough content. Mm-hmm. The goal for me is to never is to not be number one. Right. Like, mm-hmm. sure, that'd be amazing. But my goal is to get, I get to connect with people. I get to learn. I'm someone that you, I didn't know you before. And now, yeah. you, now we know each other. Yeah. You know, and that's the goal. And my goal is like I want to co- connect with as many people as possible yeah. and get those stories. And if I have if I'm 100 episodes back on content, it's better than being having two. Um, yeah. And if you want to do it professionally, like there's not one songwriter who doesn't write a song a day. Yeah. There's not one person like this is my job. Like yeah. I should be doing as many interviews as possible. So, you know, I try to book two to three interviews a week, and you know, and that's also to say some of those interviews may not get used. Yeah, but I hate that feeling of like having to dead an interview. It sucks. Yeah. You know, I, I had to dead an interview that I edited, but you know what though, you can't look at it that way. It's not. It's never about. It's always about the audience. Yeah. It's always about what do I want to hear? Yeah. What do they want to hear? Yeah, and experience still happen, right? Right, and the, the experience <laughs> still happens, and that doesn't mean that the experience was, you know. I'm always in the, I'm always trying to win for my fans. Yeah, I'm always trying to think about the people who are listening, and it's never about me or that person that I interviewed. I just want to make people to be happy, and if you, I want people to learn. Mm-hmm. I want people to be entertained. Like that's always a common theme with my show too. That I try to touch on a story. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you to walk away with, like, that was a unique story. Like, mm-hmm. But I also want you to walk away being, like, I learned something, too. Yeah. About that person and about my own professional career. Like, oh, I didn't know about, you know, what it took to be an A&R. 
oh, I didn't know what it took to be a music supervisor. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had no idea what it was like to be a graphic designer. Right. Um, so you're walking away with three different components. Like, Yeah, and I love that about your podcast. I love that about oh, Silent you. Giants, and I'm looking forward to OPP because I know you'll connect with some podcasters who are really like influential in their own right as far as what content they put out. Yeah, you know, OPP was also, you know, that's to say any podcaster, and we touched on it a little bit earlier, but the emphasis on when you do a show, prepare to step into that realm of being an expert. Yeah. And there's not a show that I won't do. Like Silent Giants, you know, um, has allowed me to build relationships and become, I want to say influential is the word, but be connected in the world of creativity mm-hmm. and learn more about it. Mm-hmm. And then with OPP, that was a strategic move to not just, I love podcasts, Mm-hmm. But also recognize too the industry for it is growing. Oh, uh, the, the, <laughs> well, the industry for it is growing. But I also recognize as well that uh, I looked at how do people discover podcasts? Mm-hmm. They discover it through other podcasts. Yeah, yep. you know. True. So, oh, I should have a podcast interviewing other podcasters, <laughs> like because that's how people discover shows. Yep. Oh, I should have a show where there's another problem with podcasting with discovery. A lot of people don't know. Uh, the only way you really know about another show is through word of mouth yeah. or through another podcast. But there's not a show that you go to yeah. that when your show launches, you're like, oh, I have to be on OPP. Yeah. That doesn't really e- exist. So, yeah. um, hmm. you know. Very smart. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I want this show to be that, yo, when NPR or WNYC yeah. um, comes out with a new show or any or a podcaster that I just believe in like yeah. yo I love your concept mm-hmm. I love your show I love you as a host like come on the show mm-hmm. let's talk about it and let's build like a, a I want my listeners to understand who you are as a person mm-hmm. but I also want to know what inspired your show what goes into your show mm-hmm. you know if, if it's a narrative podcast like how you develop this concept and the script yeah. you know um you know uh who do you launch through or some mistakes that you made early on? How did you build your brand through social media? Mm-hmm. You know, what guests on your podcast surprised you the most? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I always end every show with uh, your podcasters picks. So I say, you know, um, or three shows or three shows that inspired you um, or that you listen to that we should be listening to. I'm excited. And so gotta, that, that I got to lock in. I'm it, interested to hear what they have to say. Like I've learned from, all of the podcasts I listen to, I've learned from other podcasts. Oh, I never thought about totally. it until you said that, but that's true. Totally, totally. And, uh, you know, what, whatever you want to do in the podcasting space, just know that you're going to be the expert. If you're going to do a, a sports podcast, you're now a sports expert. Mm-hmm. And people are only going to call you to do things on sports. So if you're going to do that porn podcast because you <laughs> like porn, just know people are going to call you for that. Yeah. And, um, you know, be cautious of your brand because it's, it's a tattoo. Yep. Yeah. It's hard. When things are on the internet, it's hard to switch up. Yeah. Once you're going in that in that realm. Yeah. All right, Corey. Well, I think that's all I have for you today. I know. I'm so excited. Thank you again for agreeing to the podcast. I know you're like, if this girl doesn't stop thanking me, but you truly did inspire me the way you connected with the individuals you interviewed in Silent Giant. How'd you discover the show? I I literally just went to my Apple podcast and browsed and Silent Giants was one of them that popped up and I just love the name. So when I was in college, I think I did a tweet and the tweet said, 
Real G's move in silence. Like lasagna. Like giant, no, I Ooh. said like giants. Ooh. So that's what Ooh. drew me in is because I saw that title and I was like, silent giant, hold on. So then when I listened to it, it was amazing. It was exactly what I meant when I made that tweet. And it was somebody else, somewhere else, who I didn't know who had this amazing concept. And it was a full podcast. So Wow. Yeah. Well, the more I, I'm, <laughs> I'm forever grateful. You know, I... Sometimes when you, and I'm sure you feel this way this way as well, when mm-hmm. you create things, uh, it could be, I don't know, podcasting could be so kind of lonesome in a way. Because yeah, you sure. do the interview and it's very like, hey, 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 yeah. hey. But then you have to go back to editing and you do the, yes. and all of that. And then you put it out into the universe and you don't know yep. who is listening. Mm-hmm. And there's not a quick response, right? Yeah. It's not like a, whoa, this right. is dope, you know? Um, and so sometimes you can be very discouraged by that, mm-hmm. but this is proof like, yo, and I, and I go through that. Yeah. I go through that all the time. I actually went through that Monday. Monday yeah. was like a, Jesus, like, <laughs> like, this is so much work for free. Yes. <laughs> like, like, but you, you, you can't like, it's just that, like you said, it's just that passion and like, it will pay off and it does pay off. Right. 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 And I mean, like money is not happiness. Yeah. And you know, Money's just an object. <laughs> it's just an object, and you know we we um, life. I, I'm a firm believer. There's no such thing as happiness. Mm-hmm. Happiness is the term that doesn't really exist. Why? Because <laughs> you know, so I, I'm not a drug user by okay. any means. I've never done anything like drugs. Yeah. But when I hear my friends describe the experience of using cocaine mm-hmm. and how they get addicted. Mm-hmm. Is because it only lasts for a little bit of time. Yeah. So they snort this powder. Mm-hmm. It makes them feel good for 15 to 20 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. and then that high goes away and right. they have to use it again. And that's how I look at happiness, mm-hmm. right? If you were working a job, you came from making $0 and you made a job making $50,000 mm-hmm. a year, you're happy as shit. Yeah. You went from being unemployed and making $50,000 a year. But then eventually you want more than that 50000 Right. <laughs> exactly. That, like, that cocaine high. Yeah. Right? Where, like, it goes away. Yeah. And then now you want to, now you want 100000 But you mm-hmm. make 100000 But you know what? You make 100000 now you live in a more expensive spot. Yeah. Now you have more problems. Now you yeah. have $100,000 problems. Yeah. Right? And then now you're used to the $100,000 because now you've lived in this house for two years. Yeah. With a big yard and you're living mm-hmm. good. And now you want more. Yeah. And, I, and then guess what? When you still hang out with people who make a hundred thousand, your friend circles, your friend circle goes up as well. Yeah. So now you're hanging out with people. Someone's making two hundred fifty thousand. <laughs> right. And now you're like, oh shit, they, they went where? <laughs> oh, they vacationed here. Oh, they moved where? Oh, they dressing like what? And so it's a constant rat race that hot happiness doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And we can't chase happiness. Like, don't even chase it because it's not real. Mm-hmm. We just have to chase being content and what sure. what makes our soul content mm-hmm. you know what i mean and like that's the goal is just being 100 percent content with you know what it doesn't matter like if i don't make any money in this because this feeds my soul yeah this is consist doing a podcast is consistent happiness because you are in control of it yeah, yeah. only you if you don't put out an episode for another year right that's on you <laughs> yeah if you want to put out an episode you know, you daily. can learn a lot about someone's growth and their journey through their their growth through their podcasting. Yeah. Like you can tell like the frequency of releases and how it changes to where they are within that journey, not only, you know, professionally, but per- but personally. Right. I went from doing like a few to now I do a lot, but I'm still not consistent as I want to be. Yeah. But 
it's all a part of the journey. Well, look, I, I, I tell my girlfriend this all the time. Another thing that's great about podcasting, too, as minorities, uh, mm-hmm. as, as a woman, mm-hmm. as a <laughs> black man, mm-hmm. as a minority more than ever, we have to own something. Yeah. We have to own something. I don't mind working for the man. Right. If I own one thing of mine. Yeah. And if I can't buy a house right now, if I can't go buy a car right now, mm-hmm. if I can't uh, uh, own a bunch of stocks and shit, mm-hmm. the least I could do is own my creativity. Mm-hmm. And at least I can do is own something that's within my control. Yep. Um, and that no one can take away from me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care what happens in my life. Like, I got fired from a job or whatever. Like, you can't take away this thing that I create. And ownership. Yeah. The concept, of, the concept of ownership is so important because that's the only way as a society we're going to get even. Yeah. Like, there's there's only one yeah. way. But because, you know, that's why and this is going to go on a deeper rant, but it's, no, I'm going to okay. go on that rant. I'm going to go on that rant. It's, <laughs> it's, it's because that's why I have an issue with the concept of Malcolm X versus Dr. King. Mm-hmm. It's because Dr. King though I thought his message was important at the time, we have to look at who writes history. Mm-hmm. Who writes history. Yeah, that's true. And the book is white people. So what does it, it says it makes white people feel a lot better in America society feel a lot better to mm-hmm. say, hey, black people, we should all work together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we should work together. We should all be kumbaya, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it, it sounds nicer to a three-year-old to say mm-hmm. the story of Martin Luther King versus the story of Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. And what all Malcolm X is saying is like, yo, we should have our own. We should own our own, right? We should own our own banks. We should own our own communities. We should own our own real estate. We should own everything because the only way to, for us to achieve, not just as black people, but as people minorities in general. in general. And I don't want anyone to listen to this thinking that this is like <laughs> a pro-black message. This is a pro-minority message. Mm-hmm. It's ownership. Because when you get into that arena of sitting in that boardroom and doing a business deal with somebody, mm-hmm. they don't understand. A white man doesn't understand brown. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't understand the colored. Mm-hmm. He understands green. Mm-hmm. And so the only way to, to make change happen, because you know what? The Jewish community, I love the Jewish community. You know why? I love them. Yeah. Because <laughs> talk shit about them. Your shit's over. Because they I own. always, oh yeah. Because they yep. own. I always talk about the Jewish community, like as that that staple of unity within the community and support, like across but the board. It's just not even that they just own. Because they they acquire and then they spread and then they acquire more. A lot of different. Am um, I, could cultures. I ever disrespect you on this show? No. Why can't I disrespect you on the show? Because it's my show. Because it's your show. <laughs> and if you did, and even if it was a big blow up, I can go back and edit it out yeah, or just no, not no, put no, it no, out. No. <laughs> no, because you know what? Once you get to a certain level, like you could block me. Mm-hmm. You could block my blessings. Mm-hmm. Being on your show is a blessing. Thank you. And you could block that blessing. You know That's what I'm saying? True. No, I get you. I get you. Because it's your show. Yeah. But if you're at the mercy of somebody else, you can't block anything. I could disrespect you any kind of way I want to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so whether you're a man, whether you're a person of color, well, I'm sorry, whether you're a woman, whether you're a person of color, mm-hmm. like it's just really, really important for us to come together and own. Yeah. And own and not be 
segmented by, oh, I'm a feminist. Right. Oh, I'm Black Lives Matter. Nah, yeah. man. We are all competing against the man. Mm-hmm. We're all competing. And the more segmented we are, because guess what? Yeah. They're, they're unified. Yeah. They're unified. Yeah. And we're seeing that with Trump. We're seeing that in the election climate that we're in right now. Yeah. They're unified. like geometry. We got more surface area. They can aim and knock us down a little bit more. Hey, exactly. <laughs> so, like, you know what? When I see a woman, yo, I'm on team woman. Mm-hmm. I see gay, I'm on team gay. Mm-hmm. I see trans, I'm on team, I'm on team trans. Mm-hmm. I'm on any team mm-hmm. that is out here to make a difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, y'all. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. This was the best yet. Thank you so much for coming to New York City. Oh, uh, no problem. We're going to go out for drinks after this. I was going to say, we need to know where where the good places are to eat. We're going to, Alpha to, <laughs> we're going to go to Alpha tonight. Okay. We're gonna, we're, I'm going to we'll hold you a, to that. We'll have a drink. No, seriously. <laughs> after the, I have an interview coming up, and then we're going to go out. Okay, y'all can cool. hang out for that interview, too. Okay, cool. You, you deal with that. We're here. <laughs> All right, y'all. Peace. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Army Army Dream 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 Dream